Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Earlier this week, a judge exonerated Marvin Haynes in the 2005 Minneapolis uh, murder conviction. Uh, the Innocence Project, the Great Northern Innocence Project, argued that there was no physical evidence linking Hayes to the crime scene. And I just have to get a handle on this. Uh, I am not a legal scholar. I am a broadcaster. So I am the reading the stories just like the rest of you. And so I'm calling my friend, legal expert, Jules Porter. She is joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And Jules, I know you have been pulled by national media outlets throughout the country, being that you are based here in Minnesota and your knowledge of um, the legal field uh, as a an instructor, as well as a lawyer, um, you really uh, are the go-to person on this story and so i thank you for taking just a minute of time with us today to be on this program welcome back to the show thank you sure you're so kind thank you for having me 
Now, break this down for me. Uh, Marvin Haynes was convicted in 2005 uh, of this murder in Minneapolis. And, you know, for so long, he and his family and then the Innocence Project, the Great Northern Innocence Project, said that there was no evidence linking him to this crime. Take me all the way back to the very beginning. Yeah, this case. Wow. I mean, when they talk about thin evidence, this is what we have here. And a big shout out not only to the Great North Innocent Project, but also to his sister, Marvina, who never gave up, um, who really, really pushed and advocated um, for people to take a much closer look at this case. So what we had going on is is there was a flower shop. Um, there was a man in the back. Uh, his sister was working kind of the front area. Somebody came in to rob the fi- the flower shop. Randy Shear in the back room heard it, came up to the front to tell the person, hey, we don't have any money here. His sister was able to run out of the store, uh, but unfortunately, Randy Shear was shot and killed. The perpetrator then fled out of the store. Um, they called 911, um, and that's kind of where a lot of this evidence and, and a lot of the uh the questionable testimony begins. So when they call 911, um, the lady says, hey, you know, Randy Shear, you know, was just shot here at this flower shop. I think it was called Randy's. Um, the perpetrator was dark skinned. He was wearing a hoodie. He was about he's about 20 some years old uh, and he's about 5'11". OK, so that's the very first description that they had of the suspect. Later on, they bring in um, uh, the sister. They bring in a, a 14-year-old kid who also saw the suspect fleeing, um, and they asked them to identify from a lineup. Um, can they identify the suspect? Um, initially, the sister identifies a person um, who was not Marvin Hayes. He was not anywhere part of that lineup or a suspect yet. But the person that she identified was what's called a filler person. So somebody who wasn't a suspect, who was just there to fill out the lineup. And she said she was about uh, 85 to 90 percent or 75 to 80 um, percent uh, confident in her choice. So obviously that raised some initial issues with police. A couple of day, days later, they get a tip, um, and the tip was that a, a kid, a 16-year-old kid named Marvin Haynes, um, could possibly be the suspect. There were a few problems because of the description that the sister gave was that the suspect had short cropped hair, uh, the suspect was dark skinned, the suspect was in, in their in his 20s, um, and the suspect, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yeah, had dark skin in his 20s, short cropped hair, and was about 5'11". Marvin mm-hmm. Haynes had long natural hair. <laughs> this is a 16-year-old kid. Uh, was about 5'7", so much shorter than that description. Yeah. Um, and I believe much thinner than what they were looking for. Um, so that just in itself is a lot of the basis of the information. They weren't able to find any other physical evidence, no fingerprints, no DNA, no gun. There was no camera footage. Uh, Marvin Hayes' family said he was sleeping. Marvin Hayes himself said he was sleeping at the time. Um, and that was the start of the foundational issues. Okay, how does this case even go to trial with that kind of evidence? Um, You know, we say justice is blind, but apparently justice is uh, is also also is deaf um, and and also uh, has no sense of anything else. Because just listening to what you're saying and looking at this evidence and how this took place, I, I just don't even understand how it got even any further than a grand jury. 
Yeah, I mean, one thing that we've learned is that when it comes to eyewitness identification and the very first cases that were overturned based on DNA evidence, 80% of wrongful convictions occur because of faulty eyewitness testimony. Um, it is extremely difficult. And that's what this case was based on. It was based on eyewitness testimony. And it was also based on the testimony um, of some um, other youth saying that they heard Marvin Hayes bragging about shooting someone. Um, now, since that time, each of these witnesses has recanted, uh, except for the sister, um, who has unfortunately passed away. Um, and from what we learned about the sister is that she stood firm um, in her uh, identification of, of Marvin Haynes. But everybody else um, has, since, has since recanted. And so that's difficult, right? So when we look at this, especially in today's time, with all the things that we know, we know that this was likely not enough evidence to charge him with murder and definitely not enough evidence to prove him guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, so, again, this is a big shout-out to his sister, Marvina, who continually pushed this case, right, and brought this case to Mary Moriarty, who is now the um, county attorney for Hennepin County. Um, and this case was, was definitely taken a, a closer look into. Uh, so some of the things when it comes to post-conviction relief. So in this case, all of his appeals were exhausted, meaning that he'd already gone to the Minnesota Supreme Court on appeal. Uh, and so he was basically dealing with looking at post-conviction relief, which is a very good thing that we have. Um, however, there were some issues with post-conviction relief. You have about two years after you identify new evidence um, that should be used to grant a new trial. So that's a big shout out to Hennepin County for waiving that requirement to allow this case by the Innocent Project to move forward. Um, and now, at that trial, but go ahead, Jules. I was just saying, at, at that trial, um, they were able to uh, convince the judge and are basically lay clear that there's no evidence. With the eyewitnesses recanting, with the original descriptions not matching Marvin Hayes at all, there is no evidence to tie him um, to the shooting of Randy Shear. Now, one of the things that I read, Judge William Cox said uh, in an agreement between Haynes and the Hennepin County's attorney's office that this flawed investigation violated his rights. So not only was mm -hmm. he convicted uh, for a crime that, you know, he 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 says he did not commit, but his rights were violated. Jules, we're going to take a quick break because this is not an isolated incident. And, and, and just because someone accuses you of a crime does not mean that you can have your rights violated. What rights do you have when you are uh, accused of a crime? If you say, hey, this is not me. I did not do it. The, the evidence is not there. The description is not there. But then you still go to jail his he, he was 17 years old he came out 36 years old that is a lot of time to sit there when your rights have been violated what were those rights we're going to talk to our legal expert jules porter when we come back it is 1219. You are listening to the Shaletta Show on News Talk 830 WCCO Radio, your good neighbor station. And a message to staff, Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty says Marvin Haynes' exoneration is an important day for justice. She went on to say that sometimes doing the right thing means we must seek to undo the harms of the past and not defend them. And that is what we have tried to do in this case. It is not easy to admit and correct our wrongs, 
but it is necessary. We are talking about this case with legal expert Jules Porter. She is joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And, and Jules, the judge in this case, William Koch, he said that uh, Marvin Haynes' rights were violated because of the flawed investigation. Well, when we are being investigated, the last thing we think about is rights, but that was the most important part of this case is that his rights were violated. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe his name is pronounced Judge Cook, um, and Judge Cook is absolutely correct. One thing I want to make sure I also throw in there is that when you apply for post-conviction relief, the issues have to be different um, than what you uh, brought before the Minnesota Supreme Court. And so in this case, the things that were brought before the Minnesota Supreme Court were more procedural, and here on post-conviction, they were definitely aimed at his rights being violated. Now, the biggest issue in the case is the way that the police handled the investigation, and that's what violated his rights. So not only talking about the lineup uh, that was definitely against police procedure, um, they also put Mr. Haynes in, in the lineup twice, uh, which suggests to a witness that, hey, this must be the person because he keeps showing up um, in these lineups. Um, but also each of the witnesses who recanted, recanted saying that they will they were coerced by the police uh, to provide the evidence of the testimony that they did, uh, and they said that the evidence and testimony they provided was false. They were being threatened with uh, greater uh, jail time, um, mainly was the issue. And so let's see, you have uh, the 14-year-old said that he was pressured, this was the eyewitness, by police, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. and that he was not confident in his decision, um, but he was forced to stick with uh, his initial uh, he was forced to stick with his, his initial account that it was Mr. Haynes. Then you have Isaiah Harper, who was the cousin of of Mr. Haynes, and he was also said that he was pressured by police. I mean, his was a very, very uh, big one. Uh, Anthony Todd was a person who was not necessarily brought forward as a witness. Um, he was on the witness list, but he ended up not testifying. He also said that he was greatly pressured by police and threatened with jail time. Uh, and then there's Ashley Toten as well with the same story. Uh, so this case, the way that the police handled this, the way that they pursued and pushed this investigation, even though they had no physical evidence and no real evidence besides the evidence that they coerced out of people, um, I think this is the real issue here. Um, this, is, this creates a real difficulty. And I think that now in 2023, when we know better, we absolutely demand better of our police and their investigations, as well as the cases that our prosecutor decides to bring forward. And, you know, that's that's the thing with me, Jules, is that when you look at the evidence in this case and you study it, I mean, even me as a broadcaster, I, I'm I'm just reading this as an average citizen and it's just not lining up. The facts are not facting and the math is not mathing. How did it even go that far? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think that is the question um, that Judge Cook was was just as confused about as the rest of us, right? How did this get pushed this far? There have been some uh, interviews with the initial prosecutor on the case, Mike Fernstall. And Mike Fernstall mm -hmm. says he is still 110% convinced, um, despite all of this faulty evidence, all of these uh, recantations, uh, the fact that there is no physical evidence. He says he is still 110% convinced that they found the right guy. Right. And this is also with the evidence that when they arrested 
uh, Marvin Haynes, that he had long natural hair. Now, for black people, we don't just grow long natural hair in two days. Okay, so so that's another issue, too. The police also showed a picture of Mr. Haynes from two years prior uh, to the two witnesses, two years prior when Mr. Haynes actually had short hair before he started growing his hair out. I mean, that's another huge red flag. Uh, Some of the arguments um, that the Innocent Project made was that his original defense counsel uh, is basically an ineffective assistance of counsel argument. So when it comes to the Sixth Amendment of the United States, there are a few constitutional rights that we all have. Uh, One of them is the right to a speedy and public trial. Another is the right to have an impartial jury. Um, Another is the right for the case to be heard in the district um, where the crime occurred. Uh, You have a right to confront your witnesses, and you also have a right to the assistance of counsel. So when you have an effective assistance of counsel, then that means one of your constitutional rights was violated, and that is also grounds for appeal. Mm. Now, I I just, you know, listening at this case and and hearing you break it down as only you can, uh, we're talking to Jules Porter, legal expert here in the Twin Cities. Um, You know, the the reason that I love talking to Jules is because she takes complicated cases and and makes them so plain to us. And that's another reason why um, news outlets throughout the country are seeking her out, um, especially with her being in Minneapolis, very close to this particular case. I, I wonder how many more Marvin Haynes do we have sitting? in jail right now as of june 30th they have uh the the innocence project has had 245 victories that's according to their website and that's since june 30th of 2023 this is not over a lifespan of the organization this is just since this summer that 245 Five people were sitting in jail for crimes they didn't commit. The Innocence Project picked them up, took them through the legal process, and these people are out of jail right now. And, and we look at, you know, so, you know, Myron Burrell, the, the case, uh, he was released from Stillwater three years ago this month um, after a Minnesota Board of Pardons voted to commute his life sentence in the 2002 killing of, of, of Taisha Edwards. So, you know, how many more people, Jules, are sitting behind bars? You know, people like to say justice is blind, but justice got one eye open and, and justice is looking real funny at people who look like me. Absolutely, which is why we still have work left to do, right? There's legislation right now um, that is being proposed that uh, makes it easier for people to appeal these post-conviction relief, meaning that once a person exhausts all their pills, once two years have passed, that they're not then barred from having their case heard um, so that we don't have more innocent people sitting in prison. We also need to make sure we help Marvin Haynes find some employment. You know, one of the articles that I read said he is definitely looking for work. uh, So that's the way that we can help him. But also I think it's important for all Minnesotans to realize when you're called up to sit on a jury, okay, your job really is to look at the facts, to look at the evidence, and to compare it to the rule of law, right? And that big piece of evidence should not just be, hey, a black person committed this crime according to the witnesses, and this is a black person before me, therefore this person is guilty. No, you actually need to look at the evidence that is presented. Um, Look at what the law says. Pay attention to the arguments that are made by both the prosecutor and the defense um, and make the best educated analysis of comparing those facts and the evidence to the rule of law. Um, We have to take that 
job seriously because that was really the last defense here for Mr. Marvin Haynes was the jury actually doing its job. You know, I just want to make clear that even though I went through what the rights of the uh, accused are, I don't necessarily believe that this was an ineffective assistance of counsel case. I think this was a case of an overzealous prosecutor um, and of jurors who, I don't know if they felt also pressured since everybody else felt pressured. Um, But when you're in the jury box, we need you. We need you as the state of Minnesota, the citizens, we need you to take that job seriously. Well, Jules, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. I'm getting pinged and dinged from people who say, who is this Jules Porter? How can we get in touch with her? Where is she and what does she do? Uh, You know, law is just one of the things you do. So talk to me about how people can reach out to you as a lawyer. But I also want to talk about your gaming company. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, you know, I do some really fun things around here in Minnesota. So I work as a business law professor at the University of St. Thomas. So you can always look me up there. I'm the secretary for the Minnesota Association of Black Lawyers. Uh, so you can go to Mabel, M-A-B-L dot org, and you can find me that way. And yes, I have a video game development company where I make video games for the PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo. And these are games where we show black and brown people as heroes. And we put our fantasies, our imaginations out there and make it really fun. And we also teach 10th, 11th, and 12th graders how to develop games. Another thing is, is I've developed an artificial intelligence called Zora. And Zora is definitely based off of Zora No Hurston. Uh, and so that's been a lot of fun um, in the AI space. And I thought I saw that. I thought I saw you in the AI space. What gave you the idea to do that, to step out and, and do this? This is so amazing. Yeah, so I actually, uh, so one of my other jobs is I actually develop AI uh, for companies uh, on the back end. Um, So it's really fun. I help with the algorithms. I help with the training of artificial intelligence. And one thing that I realized um, during that training process is these AIs don't know much about black people. They don't know much about how we got here, right? They, one of the AIs didn't even, when I gave it uh, the the Ferguson report from the Department of Justice, it had no idea what I was talking about. Um, So I wanted to make sure that especially when we have states like Florida that are outlawing the teaching of black history, that this artificial intelligence that we are going to come to depend on a lot knows our history, knows what it took to get us here, knows about the civil rights era, knows about social justice, Um, and also that we don't lose our voice. I think there's something unique in that Harlem Renaissance era and those personalities that came out um, that made them so legendary. And I just want to ensure that we keep that captured and we keep celebrating them. Well, where can folks find you? I want you to tell them about your studio, your gaming studio, because my son, the 17-year-old, just ran downstairs when he heard me talk about gaming and developing and all that good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, so the company is called Seraph 7 Studios. And Seraph is spelled S-E-R-A-P-H, and then just seven and studios. And you can find us at seraph7studios.com. Yeah, our company is big. When I looked at social justice, when I was in law school, uh, it was when Ferguson happened, so all the riots that were occurring. And we also had something that was extraordinary, which was that the grand jury testimony transcripts were released. And I remember as a first-year law student reading those transcripts, and I saw that the officer, Darren Wilson, who killed Mike Brown, said that Mike Brown looked like a teenager before he shot him. 
And that seemed to uh, some of my classmates were in agreement with that. And I just thought that was the most ridiculous and scary thing um, that I'd heard. And that's mm-hmm. when I realized that while we absolutely have to change policies, we have to change laws, we have to change procedures, but we also have to do things that help build empathy and attack the heart where racism lies. Um, and so that's where I, I started looking into not only media, but how can we get it where people are actually walking through another person's shoes? And that led me to to video gaming. Well, I am glad you are in that space, showing us something different and new and breaking ground and setting trends. Jules Porter joining me of the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Thank you so much for being here and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too, Shaletta. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 